It's time to spin the big wheel of Babel and see where we land today. Chances are pretty good it's going to be stupid people, bad government, or hey, what do they actually make baloney out of anyway? And why is it so expensive? It's just how we do things here on the Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's the Ron Van Dam Show. Who broke my wheel of babble? Hold on tight, things can get a bit weird. If you like that sort of thing. I love that wheel. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the program. It is indeed the Ron Van Dam Show. I'm one of the people to whom they refer to in the title. Thank you for being here. Make yourself comfortable. I will entertain you for the next 30 minutes or so, and then that'll be all, and you'll just go away. That's the hope. That's enough. That's enough. How are you? Oh, man. You know, these moments that we spend together are special for somebody, and that's what's important. Thank you for being here. Oh, my gosh. How do I thank you? What, do I send you a thank you card or something? That's what I'll do. Thank you for being here. Love and peace, Ron Van Dam. Oh, that would be so meaningful to you. I, I, you'd probably put it on your wall. You'd probably frame it, wouldn't you? Oh, I would. Okay. I would frame a cheese sandwich if I could, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'll, I'll frame anything that I like. Well, uh <laughs> You know the old adage, I don't know what adage means, you know the old adage where uh, if you go to a bar or a cocktail lounge, the bartender says something that is a revelation. Well, that happened to me yesterday, or was it the day before? I think it was last year. Don't think this ever happened. I'm at this bar enjoying a cocktail, and the bartender, a fine female, a fine upstanding female, we're talking and uh, I was talking about uh, uh, my, how white my skin is. And I don't know how we started talking about that. Who does that? Who goes to a bar and says, yeah, so give me a shot of that. And uh, I want to talk about how white my skin is. May I do that with you? Anyway, her skin was white as well. So we had that in common, the kumbaya. Uh, other than that, nothing. So anyway, so uh, we're talking, and uh, we're talking about uh, SPF, and she says, you know, uh, I put on uh, the suntan oil, uh, skin protector, uh, even during the winter. And I said, I don't. She said, I do. And I said, I don't. She said, I do. This went on like for three hours. That's a lie. It went on like for about five seconds. Uh, and she said, you know, a lot of people don't know what the SPF means. And I said, I don't either. When they put the SPF rating on a tube of suntan oil or skin protector, I guess they call it. It was, it's, uh, uh, let's see, let's figure it out together. Okay. What would that be? 
skin protection number. I think that's what it is. Anyway, uh, if it's, uh, she said, uh, you, you know, most people think that uh, it's, it's the strength of the cream that's in the tube. And I said, I'm raising my hand here, babe, because that's what I thought, and that's what I think it is. And SPF, uh, uh, skin protection factor, probably. Uh, so the SPF, uh, like 20, is like if, if you're not, you know, your skin's pretty good, but you just want some protection. Uh, 40 would be a little more. If your skin's like really very sensitive, such as mine is, that you want an SPF like 100. And she said, that's not actually what that number stands for. And I said, you bastard, you're trying to ruin my entire knowledge of the skin protection facsimiles. She said, Ron, uh, calm down, first of all, and and you're shut off, by the way. Uh, That number refers to the amount of time that the skin protector is effective. I said, get out of here. I mean, get out. You pack your bags to get a box and put your belongings in it and get out of here. Take the children, put them in the car, gas it up and get out of here. Are you kidding me? Put yourself in a spaceship and go to Mars and get out of here. Are you serious? Get yourself back on the boat wherever you came from and get out of here. Anyway, uh, she said, yeah, that's what it is. So in a sense, it's like, the, yeah, the strength of it, because the, you know, the longer that it lasts, the stronger the stuff in the tube, yeah. But that's not what that number stands for. It's how many minutes uh, before you should be putting on more of it. Said, oh, my God. So like an SPF 20 means that if I put it on my body 20 minutes later, if I don't put it uh, some more on my body, then I'm going to get burned. Yes, that's what that means, you poor schmuck. I said, first of all, don't call me poor schmuck. And secondly, really, is that what it means? So I said, okay, but I think it only goes up to 100. 100 would be like an hour and a half plus 10 minutes because I am so smart mathematically. And she said, yes, Einstein, that would be the response. I said, you know, don't call me Einstein. I'm a customer at a bar. Don't make the derogatory uh, titles for me like Einstein uh, to the point where uh, you think that I'm not really smart, like Einstein, because you're not smart, really. People don't do. People don't say that when you're really. They really think you're smart. Uh, what, what did you? Uh, where did you, where'd you go to school? I went to Harvard. Oh, you went to Harvard, Einstein. Um, that's that's ironic. You see, that's that's ridiculous. Um, it, it should be, oh, you went to Harvard, Einstein. See, that should be like that. Not, you went to Harvard, Einstein. See, that's the way you say it. By the way, I didn't go to Harvard, Einstein. Uh, so that's, that's the revelation, is that uh, that number represents the number of minutes before you will burn uh, and burst into flames. I'll tell you a story about me that you have no business knowing. And then you tell me a story about yourself that I have no business knowing. And that's the game that we will play. That's called exchanging information, personal information about oneself. I will go first to set up the game. 
when I was not that long ago, maybe about maybe about 15 years ago, I went to the beach on Cape Cod. <clears throat> Cape Cod is a, a cape where they have cod. And it was uh, a sunny day, and uh, I was on the beach because I was on the beach at Cape Cod. And I had a little chair that I carried with me so I could sit down because I'm a lazy son of a bitch. I mean, I'm not going to sit on a blanket with sand all over the place. I'm going to sit in a chair because they make these chairs that you can carry around. It's not a, like a dining room chair or anything. It's, it's a folding chair. So I, I take it with me and I set it up in the water. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm sitting at, at the edge of the beach where the water is and the water is, and it was a nice calm day and the water was splashing up on my ankles and, uh, and that was very, very refreshing because it was a hot day. It's great to have your feet in the, in the cold ocean water as it goes splashing up against your shin. And I sat there probably for about, I'd say 15, 20 minutes at the most, which is not a long time when in the scheme of, in the scheme of a lifetime, it's not a lot. And my feet were just wonderfully, wonderfully uh, fine. And I had suntan lotion on the rest of my body because it's exposed to the sun. But my feet are submerged in the water, sitting on a beach in a chair, in a nice cool water. Well, after 15 minutes, I uh, took my little chair, got out of the water, and went home, which is what one tends to do when they're finished. The next morning, I wake up in pain. And I looked down at where the pain is emanating from, which was my feet, both of them. And I looked down and my feet were purple. (sighs) Ron, they're not purple all the time. No, they're not. They're usually flesh colored. Yeah, purple, purple. There were blisters and stuff all over it, and I nearly uh, destroyed my feet, which I use on a daily basis, both of them. Well, you know, it took like about a week to 10 days for that color to go down, and, uh, and then the fact I was okay, and I couldn't figure out how that happened, and the reason is that the water actually uh, acted as a magnifier of the sun onto my feet, even though my feet weren't hot. They were still baking in the sun in coolness to the point of absolute foot destruction. And that's my purple foot story. It was harrowing, and uh, I learned a lesson from that, and that is uh, don't go to the beach ever. I need SPF 2000, but they don't make it. Uh, They can't fit it in a tube. I don't know how that works. I really don't. Okay, that was my Purple Feet story. Now you tell me a story about yourself that's very personal, about you, about something you went through. Okay, you go now. You tell me. All right, tell me the story. Ready? And now, no, wait. Okay, now. No, wait, wait, wait. Okay, now tell me the story about something that personally happened to you. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Seriously? Oh, that's disgusting. That's much worse than my story. How did that happen? You got, what? No. 
get out of here. No, seriously, get out of here. How is that possible? How could you do something like that? Oh, I see. I see, Einstein. Then what did you do? That's even worse. How, how did you take care of that? Really? They put that in a tube? How often, how many times a day do you have to apply that? That's a lot. That was serious. Yeah, how did you feel? I know, I know. I would feel like an idiot too. That's awful. What did other people think about? Oh, they didn't? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I am so sorry for your loss. That's horrible. Uh, yeah. Did you ever know? Oh, oh, you didn't. Oh, you should have. I know, but you didn't. That's an awful story. Oh my God, that's awful. How, how, don't tell anybody else that story because that is embarrassing. I would not know. Oh my God. Oh my God. I don't think I, oh, I, I don't think I'll ever eat again. That, and for me, that's a lot. Whew. You're crazy. I don't want you, I don't want you listening to the show anymore. You're a bad influence on people. Poor decisions, man. You make some poor decisions. You sh- oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. My guest will join me momentarily. I, I, can't, I can't even believe this. I'll be right back. Oh, my God. Hello, this is Father Mike Slannery from the Our Lady of the Sacred Spatula Church here in town, and I'm excited to tell you about a thrilling new addition to our monthly Friday night bingo game lineup. In addition to classic favourites like Coverall and Four Corners, we'll now be adding Full Contact Bingo. That's right, Full Contact. That's where the friendly community game you love meets the hard-hitting action of football and hockey that you crave. Is Mrs Smith about to call Bingo before you? Hit her with a cross-check or crash her into the boards. I should mention that all Full Contact games will take place in the street hockey rink behind the parish function hall where the Our Lady of the Sacred Spatula Fighting Sons of Leviticus hold their matches. Protective gear is recommended and weapons are not allowed. And if you feel bad about taking out a friend or neighbour so you can win a few bucks at the bingo, I will be on hand to take your confession. That all starts next Friday night at the Parish Hall at the Our Lady of the Sacred Spatula Church, 27 Eucharist Way, right downtown. We'll see you there. Hello, Greg. Hi, Ron. How you doing? I'm great. Greg Salza joins us now. He's a certified life coach, a seeker, and a traveler. Uh, I don't know if the seeker and traveler is spiritual or or actually physical, but we'll find <laughs> out. Uh, probably both. Probably both. Right. Well, yeah, welcome to the program. What you've done here is very interesting. What we're doing is we're talking about a book that's uh, been released that he has penned called 27 Questions to Make You Sweat. It's a workout guide for the soul. You don't get books like this very frequently. They're kind of interesting. Um, it's a it's a deeper look into yourself, and as a life coach and and such, I, I understand where you're coming from. H- how did you how did you decide to write a book like this, though, for the general public? You know, that's a great question. Someone just asked me that, Ron. It started. I do. I've been meditating for a long time, and I do these long retreats. And I I've been at this this long retreat. It's a ten days of silence and. 
I had this idea for this dating book because I'd been, I just got divorced and Mm -hmm. I I started dating again. Uh And so I had all these questions because I, you know, I mean, dating after you've been married, you know, and I'm not a kid. So I had all these crazy ideas and, and then I told my mom about it and she sent me an article like two weeks after I told her I was going to start working on this book of questions about dating. And she sent this article from the New York times. Some psychiatrist had sort of already written it. It was like 36 questions to, you know, know who, if you can be with this person or something. Mm-hmm. And so it made me think, okay, I mean, I like the concept of questioning. And then I sort of turned it on to, I said, okay, forget the dating. Let's just, how about just, questions about what it means to be here because ever since i've been a kid my dad was an analyst and he was a very curious human being he was also pretty nutty and crazy and Mm -hmm. lost his mind and all his money (laughs) but uh he was very curious and when i was a younger man i was extremely confrontational like i really liked getting into things and Uh, finally i realized you know what why don't i just put them down in in a book where people can be confronted they don't have to be i don't have to be so confrontational and they can, you know, be confronted on their own time. Interesting. Um, in my mind, there are two kinds of people roaming the earth. There are people that okay. uh, work all day, drink beer, and um, just talk about sports. And then there's the people who have a deep soul, who are always looking inward, looking for the meaning, uh, uh, how to be better, how to improve why you're here, and they ask those deeper questions of themselves, and they even do it in conversation with others. Um, I, I, I think there's a yeah. fine line between the two, and I, from what I get from your book is you're trying to say to those that may not have that, that deeper connection that there is one, go discover it. Exactly, and I'd love you to say that, Ron, because that, like, I'm really trying to reach normal people. I love yeah, you. no, you know, I, I get it. Very similar thing. Yeah. You know, and I'm, yeah, because it's, the, in a way, those, I mean, look, we've all heard it. I've been in that yoga spiritual community for a very long time, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, and it, it's like, it's preaching to the choir. I mean, yeah, when you preach right. to the choir, they go, yeah, that sounds amazing. Exactly. But I want to talk to the guys that are just watching football, drinking beer, yes. that don't really talk to their girlfriends about much, because I do know that generally, women do seem to care a little more about the deeper emotional thing. No question, no question. And, and I do know when a guy can connect to them emotionally, they're generally more into it. I mean, but yeah. just as much as I say that, you know, I'm also surrounded by a lot of uh, very wealthy ladies where I live who are all married who dig mm-hmm. the guy that can talk about the deep stuff, but they like the guy with the bread. Yes. <laughs> so, well, you know, you, you can kind of have both sometimes, actually. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And, and that, that's okay. But to, but to lack the, the inner understanding uh, is, is not right. Anyway, um, right. Th- the book kind of just, uh, opens it up and, and says, well, how about this? How do you feel about this? And you're actually basically having a deeper conversation with somebody without being there, which is kind of interesting in a sense. Um, what are some yeah, of the, because, yeah, go yeah. on, go on. No answer. No, I was just going to say, because I, I think that it's, I, I think it helps the planet and it helps all of yes, us grow. Yes. If we, if we, if we ask, I mean, the la- I had just had an interview with the, with this guy who's really fun. He's from Virginia. And he's like, but Greg, I must be shallow. Cause I never asked these questions. Who cares? <laughs> I was like, well, you know, yeah. Who cares if you just think it's okay to let things go on as they have? I mean, you know, when I, when I think about things 
in the world that have yeah. changed, they've changed because people question them. Yes. And they go, I'm not so sure this is right. right. <laughs> you know, then that, and how else do we get to a new yeah. space of understanding unless we yeah. go deep? Well, it's like love. You can't love somebody else until you love yourself. You you can't open up a deep channel with somebody unless you've opened it up exactly. with yourself first. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah, you, and, it's there's 27 questions, you know, who's counting? Uh, 27 questions. <laughs> give me an ex, give me an example of some of these questions and how they may just open you up. Okay. Well, let me I'm going to give one that I think is actually one of the hardest ones mm -hmm. in the book. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that is are you an addict? And how long would you stay with someone that's an addict? Oh. I think that's a really hard question. It is. Because I know in my life, in my own personal life, between my father and two half-sisters, both hard, I mean, all hardcore addicts. Yeah. And then I just look around with my life. I mean, I know there's just, there's addicts everywhere. And it's hard. And the harder question is, how long would you stay with someone that's an yeah. addict? Because, yeah. I mean... Ron, it's hard, man. I mean, it's when you have someone in your life that you care about, you know, it's just, and I'm not giving an answer per se, but I am saying no, if you I can look, like you said, if you can look at yourself yeah. first, that helps everyone. You know, it, it's interesting. That's a tough question, and I'll tell you why I couldn't really answer that, is yes, you do huh? care about the other person. It's it's good nature to to hang in there and, 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 and care for somebody else. But then you start to put yourself into jeopardy sometimes when that, all that negativity and all that struggle starts to eat away, eat away at you to the point where you're not who yep. you were or who you are. And that's a real, that's a real tough question. Do you destroy yourself in the name of somebody else? Um, I, I don't know. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the reason I brought that up is because I do think that that is actually one of the most difficult things because we all think if we're being a good person, mm -hmm. oh, but I love her. I've mm -hmm. got to stick in there with mm -hmm. her. But the thing is, the thing about addicts is that they are not changing until right. they decide. Yeah. And actually, the, the, the crazy sort of irony and oxymoron is that generally the shorter you deal with an addict, the, the less tolerance you have. Yeah. And I, I'm not talking about being harsh and mean, but yeah. the less tolerance, the more you're making them fess up and look inside and yeah. have to decide what's more important, yeah. you know, my addiction or my relationships. True. I, you know, I, I, it, it, it almost, it, you know, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I, I, no, used, I, I used to do a lot of Reiki and part of that right? was basically to take the negative energy out. That's been fed to you by other negative people you take you, you withdraw right. that and you fill yourself with positive energy and that's how you become uh, the best you can be and uh, but when something mm -hmm. is is draining your positive uh, energy and and feeding you negative continually you have to stop and you have to think about that yeah and it's, i mean when it's someone that you care about and yeah, love deeply rough. i think the hardest is like a parent and a child i mean yeah. how do you how do you say no to your kid? How do yeah. you slam the door? Wow. It's, it's, <clears> but it's, the truth is, yeah. I think it's actually helping them if you can do that. Yeah. It sounds like Sophie's <laughs> choice here. <laughs> that's kind of okay, weird. All right, let's not go three. there. Let's not go there. All right. Let's, uh, what, what's, uh, give, me a, give me another example of, of uh, something that would be uh, searchable within one. Okay, well, I guess one another one that I love, just because I happen to be, I love talking about capitalism and economics, is yeah. 
the question, when is enough money enough? Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's a You're rough like, one. That, yeah. I mean, it's a rough one because we live in a free market capitalist system that says, oh, you need to let people make as much. They need to be motivated. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but you know what? I mean, at what point, if, when your toilet paper holder is gold-plated, you know, at what point does it get kind of ridiculous? You, you need seven homes? Really? You need two jets? Okay. You know, maybe one is enough. I mean, seriously, at what point do we go, okay, we live on a planet, we share it with everyone. I just think it's worth asking, as I say, in my dream world, I'm a big believer in capitalism because mm-hmm. capitalism allows human beings to be who they are. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. We need that. That's a goal. But I also think we need human beings with with a mind and a heart that are connected to say, okay, what's the number? Like, after after this number, can we say all the money is going to go to help the planet? And I think the number, I think I'm being very liberal. Mm-hmm. I think after $500 million, we can say, you can make as much as you want. But we're going to take that money and we're going to educate people. We're going to house people. We're going to help people. You know, I mean, I think $500 million is enough to live, don't you think? I do, too. You've I mean, almost described the difference between Bloomberg and Trunk, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right. Sorry. Uh, all right. Uh, no, that's a very good point. I mean, money gives us security. We're taught that, uh, yeah. and it, it allows us to grow and not to stress. I, I get that. But at what point you're absolutely right. right. At what point is, is this superficial and, and serves really very little purpose beyond that? Um, but yeah, it's our definition right. of goals, isn't and, and, it? Yeah. Right. And I just want to say, I mean, I've been fortunate to be with, you know, a few billionaires in my uh, life. And when you're actually on the, and I've been on the inner circle of the billionaires, mm-hmm. what they'll admit to you, it, money's not money to them anymore. It's pure ego. It would have it's to be. pure. It, yeah. This is how powerful I am. And, yeah. and I've always, I've always yeah. thought, really, dude, you have a billion dollars and you're not giving your gardener a $10,000 friggin' tip for Christmas? Exactly. Like, why aren't you doing that? You're changing exactly. his life. Yeah, but instead it's like no, I got it's like you know, it just bums me out. Yeah, like absolutely well, true, absolutely all, true. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of uh, interesting uh, stuff in this book. It's twenty twenty seven questions to make you sweat, a workout guide for the soul. I like that connection. It's uh, it, it's fascinating and it's uh, kind of important, uh, really, in a sense, especially with the way our world is right now. You need to get your feet back on the ground and. Uh, Start wearing those, those, those so, shoes. Yeah, <laughs> I really appreciate that because that's what I feel. I feel like the world we're in right now, we're slowly getting into this world where truth is becoming this malleable. Truth not, <laughs> no it's kidding. not that malleable. No kidding. You know what I mean? Like, that's snow. This is the ground. That's an airplane. It's, not, it's not an alternative fact. Yeah. That's not a bathtub. It's an airplane. It's, well, it's not an alternative fact. Yeah. Well, and, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it gets weird. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a concept of alternative fact. Yeah. It's surreal to me. That, well, How do you even say that? It, because it's a snake oil sales job. That's what it's, it, it's in order to, uh, <laughs> to make you feel and do certain things. Um, it, it's, it's right. Being, yeah. It's, uh, and it sounds like from your upbringing the, uh, that you don't, you don't want to be, uh, told what to do. You know what it is. <laughs> you know, you reach a certain age in life. Right. I, I talk about this all the time. You reach a certain age in life and you know, you know what's going on. You know what you like. You know what you don't like. You, right, sh- you, exactly. sh- you should know who you are by a certain point. Um, we hopefully. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully but we can hopefully. keep growing. But you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I do know. It really, what 
kind of hurt me and freaked me out about that whole, I'm not harping on this alternative fact thing, but yeah, the fact that true. the media didn't just go, there's no such thing as an alternative fact. It's called BS. I know. But instead of was like, well, that's an interesting way of seeing it. It's not interesting. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just like, how do you give that credence? Yeah. We, we need to be more honest and real. Let's just be real. Not, I don't want to kill you, I don't, but I do want to call you out on BS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. You know what I mean? Like it is. that to me is being, you know, that's being a real person and we need more of that. We just need more people just saying, Hey man, this is what's really happening. Yeah. I mean, a and, lot of, a lot of, yeah. people, a lot of people say you can't shove the tooth, toothpaste back into the tube. I say, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can with the proper funnel. You can. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> now look at that. Ron talking some truth. I like it. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I'm talking about. See, I could, I could talk to you for hours and hours because this this is this is real. It. This is real conversation. This is about it's about people. It's it's about your feelings. And I'm telling you, man, if if you if you don't if you haven't done this or you don't do this, do it because uh, that's what it's all about. And you, you very quickly learn that. Twenty seven questions to make you sweat. Uh, Greg uh, Salzer, is there a website we can visit? Yes, you can visit. You can visit my website, which is gwscoaching.com, and you can also visit my Instagram page. It's just Greg Solzer. Mm-hmm. And you can go to Amazon and find the book on Amazon. Perfect. Hey, thank you so much for your time. It's been great, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again. Thank you so much, Ron. All right, take I care. I really appreciate it. All Thanks. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that'll do it for me today. You've been wonderful, except for that story you told me. That was disgusting. Don't ever tell that. I'm not going to play this game anymore. No, no more of that. I'll tell you a story. You tell me a story. No, no more of that. That shit is really destruct. Don't do that. Don't don't ever play that with anybody. That's my. <clears throat> well, I I hope I hope that you've learned a lot about SPF today, even though it's not the summer really. Um, but still, um, this information is very valuable to many people, except for you. Have yourselves a wonderful day. I'll be back again with you tomorrow with a brand new program. But until then, I wish you peace.